The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Dowd. And I'm Reagan Gilliland. And this is Off Script, and I'm super excited because it's the first Off Script of 2022, and it is about my favorite subject, Christmas Eve. I know. You're like, I thought you might be in like Christmas attire day to just like <laughs> relive it all. That's funny. So I had Christmas socks on yesterday because we're still in the Christmas season, you know? Correct. And somebody commented. Every time I wear fun socks, somebody comments. Yeah. And on the 26th, I had Santa, <laughs> Santa socks on the day you preached. Oh, yeah? I missed that. You didn't see my socks? I didn't see You your weren't socks. paying attention to my socks? I wasn't. I was Jeez. like focused on. Did you wear this. pants or something? <laughs> you wore oh, capris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we mixed it up. Anything With suspenders. Goes. Santa suspenders. Right. And a Santa hat. I'll have to pay more attention to your socks. Mm. Well, yeah. anyway, Off Script is the podcast where every week we take a deeper dive on my Sunday sermon, talk about the theology behind it, and get a chance to discuss anything that ended up on the cutting room floor. Except, as I have already noted, it's not last Sunday's sermon. That we're talking about today. It's no. Christmas Eve, 6.30 p.m. Yep. Best night of the year. It was awesome. So we just need to talk about how spectacular it was. Yeah, it was really, really awesome. It was, okay. So set the stage for people that maybe weren't there and talk about like your favorite part, what really moved you. I just, I want to know. Yeah. So for anybody who's been around Christ United for a while, this was a change. Okay. So uh, there's, you know, when you have... Like everything, uh, there's limited resources for everything, right? You have limited resources for volunteers, limited resources for special musicians, and everything that you do during the Advent and Christmas seasons are just decisions about where you want to use those resources. So our tradition here forever, um, and for a generation or two of, of a church uh, here at Christ United, has been to invest those resources earlier in Advent. And so the big Sunday every year was Lessons and Carol Sunday, which was always the Sunday before Christmas Eve. And then, and that was the orchestra and the full choir and the kids choir and the youth choir. I mean, it's the big musical blowout. Uh, and then we also had something called the Festival of Christmas Music, which was an evening program at some other Sunday during the, during December. And then Christmas Eve was always much more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe understated. Okay. So uh, always terrific preaching, of course. Um, the music was always good, but there w- it was not a big production. So anyone who knows me will not be surprised at all that I really wanted uh, Christmas Eve to be a big, a big blowout. And so um, anyone who showed up for Christmas Eve this year, six thirty p.m. Because you know, I mean, with a volunteer choir and and musicians, some of whom are paid, some of whom are volunteer, you get one shot at it. Mm-hmm. So we made the 6.30 p.m. the thing. And uh, we did the same thing last year, but you didn't really notice because it was all pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. Everything was pre-recorded. So I don't think people really got the full impact of it until you showed up at hopefully not 6.30. <laughs> because if you showed up at 6.30, um, you were in a chair that the uh, – uh, like an extra chair that the ushers were yeah. putting out. Three – Three layers of folding chairs in the balcony. Three. Three deep. Three deep folding chairs in the balcony. People started showing up at six or before six. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was like we before six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I think 
that probably like I want that kind of excitement mm-hmm. for Christmas Eve and for Easter both. And it's different on Christmas Eve because it's all the anticipation of what you know what's coming the next day, and mm-hmm. you know, kids are all hyped up, and families are all getting together. I mean, Easter is. As my son reminded me on the during, children, during <laughs> children's time, I was like, that is amazing. <laughs> Called him out. Yes, on, on the 19th, uh, Sam, I said that Christmas was the most important story, the greatest story ever told. And <laughs> Sam, my youngest, raised his hand and said, uh, Dad, like the second greatest story ever told <laughs> after Easter. So, I mean, theologically, Easter is, is uh, the primary day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Christmas Eve is really 1A for reasons that I'm um, – I think we're going to talk about today, but it was, it was great. So the opening number, uh, opening song was, um, Oh, come all you faithful. And it was, a, it's a beautiful arrangement of Oh, come all you faithful. Yeah. It and it really set the stage. And that service, uh, had a lot less liturgy than we normally have. <clears throat> we didn't try and do communion at six thirty on Christmas Eve. And so it really was music and the sermon. I mean, mm-hmm. we had a, a couple of prayers in the offering and that kind of thing, but really that was kind of the focus. And it was, it was amazing. I mean, yeah. Jason's team, the choir, the the orchestra. I mean, it was just all. It was f- phenomenal. It was the the most beautiful version of the first Noel I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. You could tell how hard they'd been working on everything. Yeah, I mean, it was there was not a hair out of line. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful, mm-hmm. and I've I've enjoyed when we've had the orchestra um, for other Sundays and for Christmas Eve, like sitting. Um, so close to some of the instruments. Yeah. So you hear some things that you don't normally yeah. might get lost. Like it wasn't on Christmas Eve, I don't think, but one week I was hearing a piccolo part for uh, some song. And I was like, oh, that's really lovely. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know. It's it's fun to be that close to hear just all the notes. That you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And we're over sitting by the, the strings. Mm-hmm. And so you, you get to, like, you feel the resonance of the strings. Mm-hmm. And um, Brian Stenson did the most beautiful version of Oh, Holy Night that I've ever heard. And of course, kept accompanied with the orchestra. It was, mm-hmm. it was great. He sang it again at nine. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful at nine, just with less instrumentation. Yeah. Um, but it was it was just awesome. Blake was sitting next to me during the six thirty, and it was so cute because after Brian finished singing, he said, "Where I was, I know you were watching Brian, but you should have been watching McKenna <laughs> because oh, I know. McKenna was so proud. Oh, you could man. just tell it was so cool. He was so tickled by how just like." excited she was for him it was so cute like at a wedding when he watched the groom, groom. or the bride yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's awesome so awesome so cute okay so your title was believe mm-hmm. for this for this year and so obviously you've preached a lot of christmas eve sermons so i was wondering how do you come up with the title um is it hard to pick a title and do you have any particular ones that you've been really proud of like how creative or different they were yeah that's a nice question. It's a nice way to put that. Um, I, you know, so Christmas Eve and Easter are the two sermons I work on a lot. I mean, that kind of unfold over a longer period of time. Cause I usually start thinking about the, the Christmas one sometime in November. And then <clears throat> Easter is like, I'm thinking about it usually all during Lent. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I would say, um, this is going to sound like a very preachery answer, but it's, it's the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And I, um, we've talked a little bit about Polar Express here on the podcast, or maybe, I don't know if it's off mic on the podcast or if it actually made the podcast. Remember, yeah. The uh, animation for Polar Express, and we rewatched it, obviously, when I was getting ready for the sermon. I've got the book like, here in front of me right now, too. Um, 
I'm not actually sure that the animation stands the test of time, to be honest with you, because it's it's a little, uh, it is just a little off. You're right, Ashley. You, uh, what did you call that? Uh, the Hollow Valley. The hollow when valley. things are just a little too close to realism, but mm-hmm. still animation, yeah. the yeah. human brain doesn't love it. But the story itself is incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I reread the book. The book, book's very short compared to the movie, and they add a lot of stuff in the movie. Um, everything they've added in the movie works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really does. And Tom Hanks is incredible playing all the different characters that he plays. Uh, but like the that story as an allegory for faith is so, so good. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, we got a chance to use some of the images from the, um, from the movie and there are a whole lot of people that are emotionally attached to that movie. And so it was fun afterwards hearing from people who love that movie for all kinds of reasons. And, uh, I got a lot of feedback from parents of adult children who really appreciated the message. And, um, so I forgot, Oh, the title. So the, the title, um, sometimes I like to come up with some kind of a clever title that I work into and that ends is like the closing line of the sermon. That's all. That's hard <clears throat> when you, we got deadlines for printing bulletins and stuff. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's a very practical matter. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but then sometimes I think a one word title can really be effective. So a couple of years ago, um, the title was hallelujah. And I, I talked about like kind of the, the main illustration for the sermon was, <laughs> um, the candlelight, uh, processional at, um, at uh, Epcot, and they close with the Hallelujah Chorus, which is not something you expect. Uh, something, not something I expected. Even though Handel, it's in the it's in the Advent, it's in the birth portion. But we always sing it on Easter. Mm-hmm. So of of the Messiah, I'm talking about. Um, so I, I liked that one because it was kind of unexpected, and it gave me a chance to lead into it. This one, I felt like just ha- just having the title "Believe" there, and then playing on that all throughout the sermon was, um, I felt like it was effective because so much of our decorations this time of year talk about believing and, but we often talk about that in the secular sense, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, believing in Santa, believing in the the magic of Christmas or some Christmas miracle or whatever. And after, uh, I mean, the past, since Christmas Eve, I've been looking all over, um, the house at how many different (laughs) ornaments and things we have that say believe including the one I kind of opened the sermon with. Uh, and it's a lot. And I don't think that anybody who made those ornaments uh, felt like they were, to, we're, we're talking about Jesus. Now, some of them do. Some of them have, some of them are, are overtly religious. Yeah. Those are not necessarily my favorite because they're a little, like, obvious. Like, you know, they got the, the nativity scene mm-hmm. with the Holy Family and silhouette and says believe in my okay. I mean, you should. I mean, what's the point <laughs> of the sermon? <laughs> but, but you know, I don't know. That's yeah. So it also gave me the opportunity, and this was your you inspired me to do this, the Ted Lasso thing. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about Ted Lasso. I I was like, where I was like, I saw the word believe, and I was like, oh, I wonder if he's gonna incorporate the Ted Lasso believe. See, I thought <laughs> that was your angle the whole time. I yeah. had not thought about it. I had not thought about it until he brought it up, and so and that was a relatively late addition. Yeah. Oh, good job. I do what I can. And it was subtle. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I only kind of offhandedly mentioned it. Well, yeah. I liked it. It grounded it in, you know, something else every day yeah. that was poignant. Yeah. yeah thanks. 
That's a, but that's an example of the Holy Spirit moving, by the way, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Like a tangible, mm-hmm. yeah. an offhanded comment, something we've all talked about, that lasso. Mm-hmm. That wasn't really on my radar until you mentioned it. Yeah. Okay, so you talk about the wonder of the season. So how are wonder and belief related, or are they? How, how do you feel like they're connected? Yeah, I was I always associate um, wonder, like when I'm talking about, in the context of Christmas, I associate wonder with Children, like that mm-hmm. childlike walking down the stairs and seeing everything Santa brought. Uh, kind of in the sense of awe. Whereas belief is like, is faith. It's like, um, it's something that, uh, like I feel like belief slash faith is something you choose and wonder is something that you are kind of a passive experiencer of. Okay. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. But you think wonder kind of leads into faith or belief? You start, uh, you start with wonder or not? I, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I think those are probably two two different concepts. Um, Stephanie, so we're recording this on Monday, January 3rd. And uh, Stephanie yesterday, her her sermon was talked a lot about wonder. Mm-hmm. But that's more in, the, but she talked about it more in the inquisitive mm-hmm. sense yeah. than the childlike sense of awe, yeah. uh, which, which worked also in the context of that Tiffany term. But um, yeah, I think, I think it's probably two different things. Okay. I was just curious. <clears throat> it, made me, it just made me think of, as I was rereading your manuscript, it just made me think, oh, does belief, like, did I first start with just wonder, like curiosity? I guess, it, you know, I feel like wonder just has so many definitions. Right, right. So, right. I don't know. just made me think about you have to have wonder to end up believing because we're asking you to believe in something pretty <laughs> radical, <laughs> you know? And so, like, I don't know. Okay. There's this part of the sermon that you, that you wrote that I really, really like. I'm going to quote you. You are here tonight because you believe or you want to believe or you hope to believe. Or at the very least, you are open to believing in what God has done in Christ. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> and you repeated it again kind mm-hmm. of later on. But um, what, made you, what made you write that part? So the thing about Christmas Eve is um, it's the same with Easter, but I think it's more so with Christmas Eve, that there are people who are in church on Christmas Eve. I mean, some of them are only there because their mama really wants them to be Mm -hmm. right. I mean, their mom insists that they come. I don't mind that either. Right. The Holy spirit can work in lots of different ways, but there, I think on Christmas Eve, more so than any other time of the year, you have people who, who come to church out of a sense of kind of cultural Christianity. Right. So they, they may or may not really have any kind of grounding in the faith. They may or may not be uh, like the, the degree to which they're invested in the Christian message varies so widely. I think it's different than on Easter because on Easter, it's a Sunday morning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think people can sell. I mean, I feel like the culture celebrates Christmas in a different way than it celebrates Easter. And so that night, um, th- there are so many different motivations for why people are there. And the thing about a Christmas Eve sermon is it's got to be able to, to speak to your deeply committed folk who are there every 
every Sunday, no matter what, no matter the weather. <laughs> you know, we were here yesterday when it was yeah. 10 degrees outside. <laughs> um, and then those who are, uh, who maybe aren't yet very uh, committed to their faith. But as Methodists, we believe in this thing called provenient grace, that God can, can that God woos us and uh, seeks us long before we're even aware of it. And I felt like it's, I just feel like it's important to name that. I, I, have, I don't like it when preachers get grumpy about slash guilt or shame people. Mm-hmm. about only being there on Christmas Eve. I don't think that's healthy. Like that's not, that's not a good evangelistic message. Right. <laughs> Cause that actually confirms the worst that people believe about the church. Yes. And certainly about preachers. And so, um, you know, the, the reason I love the story of the polar express uh, so much is that he, like the bottom line message of the polar express is that people who have faith experience the world differently than those who don't. And I just love that. I think that's perfect. I think that's absolutely true. And I think the, the guy who wrote Polar Express's name is, um, where is it? Where's the name? I've got the book right here. It's a really cool name. Yeah, Chris Van Allsburg. I don't know his story at all. I haven't researched his story at all. I don't know if he intended it as anything other than a fun Christmas story. But the allegory for that night in particular is so powerful. Um, and I just see, I, I just, I feel like, you know, naming the reality that everybody's in a different place, but that God can speak to all of us, no matter what place we're in is, um, is compelling. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's emotional for me. Yes. Yes. Um, you were very emotional all night. <laughs> because I mean, because I, it's, it's not the buddy, the elf thing. Like I, I love the season. I really do. But I think if ever, if ever we're going to reach un- unchurched people, it's on Chris- it's on a night like Christmas Eve mm-hmm. when the message is all about how much God loves you, how much to you is born this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you having that perspective was, uh, is good for me because I can get really, <laughs> I I can be that shameful, like guilty uh-huh. When you look out and you see it's packed and they're putting seats down and then I'm like, but where are you next Sunday? You know, but your perspective of provenient grace and that people are at different places. You never know how someone's going to be changed that one night is good for me to remember. Just, I remember (laughs) also hearing someone say like weddings and funerals while some people get a little bit, take those opportunities to get a little bit too, like if you died in it, where are you going to (laughs) go? But they're like, but some people will never step into church and never hear anything. So, like, this is your chance to invite them right, into right, something. Right. So I'm trying to think of Christmas Eve as that, mm-hmm. too. Um, I don't know. But I don't know. It's well, just if, – If your only experience of church all year long is what we did at 630 on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. something happened in your soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if not, nothing ever will. Not because of the sermon, but because of the whole sense of – like the whole spirit in the room. Mm-hmm. If that's if that is your glimpse of what church is all about, then um, then we've done something right. I think. Yeah, just a good reminder. Um, so you did bring up the stats about where people are with religion and yeah. faith. Can you share a few of those? Yeah, it was stats? pretty timely. I had a friend in the church who sent it to me. Um, it was an article in the journal, but it was reporting. Um, 
Pew Statistics. Pew, Pew Research Center. The, the, and not like Church Pew, but like, yeah, the main Pew. Okay, so here are the trends. So there's three dates that they report, or three dates that I talked about anyway. So right now, so current, a current poll versus 2019, so right before the pandemic, versus 2017. So over the past decade and a half. So uh, the percentage of Americans who identify as Christians in 2007, so 14 years ago, that was 78%. In 2019, it was down to 65%. Now it's 63. So it's dropped two more percentage points since the pandemic. Um, While those who identify as having no religion in 2007 was 16%, that had jumped to 26% in 2019, right before the pandemic. And now it's up to 29. And my point was, man, like Christmas Eve is awesome for all kinds of reasons. Um, The most important reason is the incarnation, right? What God did on Christmas Eve, Um, Christmas day, by the way, even though we make Christmas Eve the celebration. Um, So a whole lot of people are missing out. And, 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 a whole lot of people are missing out on the best part. And it's not because you're not going to go to hell if you believe in Jesus. Although I think that's true. It's because of how your life can be changed if you do. It's because people who have faith experience the world differently than people who don't. It's better. It's more meaningful. It's more purposeful. Um, it's more comforting. <laughs> For, in, in every way, it's better to have faith. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, I'm biased on this. Right. That's the point of Polar Express. That's the point that we make on Christmas Eve. And so I felt like that was a a good way to introduce the whole concept of, uh, you know, chances are there are somebody, chances are in this room of 1,600 people with three deep extra rows in the balcony, probably because of the choir and orchestra, let's be honest. Um, Some percentage of folks here fall into these categories. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No religion or not even Christian. And... Let me tell you about why you should reconsider that. <laughs> yeah. So what do you feel like people believe in? Uh, do they believe in something else then if they're not believing in a higher power? Cause you, yeah. I, I, so I, I, I just have a really hard time believing people are truly atheist. I really okay. have a hard time believing that. I yeah. mean, I, I know that there are self, self-proclaimed atheists. I think most people, I think most people who are non-religious or non-Christian are just agnostic. Mm-hmm. So they, they might believe in something. I mean, I think most people have enough sense to believe in something bigger than themselves. I don't think very many people don't believe in any. I mean, <laughs> if you do, <clears throat> God bless you. That's a really depressing way to live, in my opinion. Um, usually, usually people, I feel like they know what they don't believe in, yeah. not necessarily yeah. what they do. And obviously, and a lot of times what they don't believe is a very caricatured version mm-hmm. of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Or <clears throat> a version of Christianity that is... Um, uh, <laughs> the worst version of Christianity mm-hmm. by some Yahoo talking head mm-hmm. who doesn't really read the gospel. Mm-hmm. Or somebody who did something at one point that they knew wasn't Jesus. Uh-huh. Yeah. Those are my friends. Well, they've had bad experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been chased away from the church by shaming people. I mean, they're, a long list, but I, I, I just don't think, I don't know, maybe I'm too much of an optimist, but I just don't believe that many people are atheists, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it was always 
such a trendy, cool thing, like in high school or like college, but like, yeah, I'm an atheist. Like, whoa. <laughs> and I don't hear many people say that. I'd say, yeah, we're more agnostic probably. Yeah. But it was like a cool thing to be like, oh, I'm an atheist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah everybody's like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't go over to Sarah's house. She's an either. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. The man. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. I do want to spend some time talking about God becoming one of us because you say, because God believed in us. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, you like that? I did. That was a good turn, right? Yeah. I mean, because that's true. And that's in a song, right? It's in um, Chance the Rapper. Look at you. I don't even know that. So It's in a song called Holy. Okay. By uh, Justin Bieber. Okay. Didn't Bieber do that? Okay. And Chance the Rapper says, I know, let's see, I believe in God because I know God believes in us. It's a great line. Yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. And the tr- the <laughs> the proof is that God became one of us. I mean, listen the whole the whole reason that Christmas is awesome is because of our theology of the incarnation. That means that God became one of us in order to save us, and that incarnational theology sh- should show up across the board. Now we are the body of Christ in the world as a res- as a result of that same incarnational theology. Like we. God always works in the world through human beings or mostly through mm-hmm. human beings. That's probably the best way to say that. Yeah. And, um, like <laughs> the fact that we get to celebrate that with our best story, even if it's not necessarily our most important story, Sam does, <laughs> um, is, uh, is pretty awesome. <laughs> if you fumble on as a preacher, if you fumble Christmas Eve, it's that's clerical malpractice. Yeah, because the story is set up for awesome. Yeah, <laughs> if you screw up Christmas Eve, you, ha- you I mean, you really have to try hard to screw up Christmas Eve. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> Wait till next year. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, okay, so we've mentioned Polar Express, which is you know I guess I've you know I've read that a million times. In you read it, you guys have the book? For, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned how the main character needs to, to climb aboard. And so why do you think people yeah. are hesitant? This is your crucial year. Yeah. Your I crucial love year. It. Why do you think people are, are hesitant to climb aboard with believing in this message of Christ? Like, what yeah, do you think? I think it's baggage. I think the church has screwed this up plenty and Christians have screwed this up plenty where we've, we've made not, not I'm, I'm using the Royal we here, mm-hmm. right? Not, not, I'm not saying that everyone who's listening to this has, has acted in this way. But as an institution, we've made people feel guilt and shame and uh, like they don't belong. I mean, there's a whole LGBTQ conversation about that. Um, we've made people believe that they're not redeemable. I mean, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying, and again, I'm not saying like Christ United does this. I'm saying <clears throat> that the, that the, Sometimes subtle and sometimes overt message that people get from religion is much more about judgment than about grace. And um, I I really do think that's what chases people away from the church far more than uh, any inherent problem with the gospel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so people, they come to a place in their life where they say, well, like, what do I, what do I believe in? What, what is, what is the most important thing to me? 
and with what group am I going to align? And for a whole, for, there are very many people who think that the church um, doesn't care about the right things or uh, is um, uh, uninterested in the right things or flat out believes in the wrong things. Um, you know, I, I could get to meddling and preaching right now, <laughs> but there's, there, there's a long list of reasons that people walk away from the church. And, um, I think that there's, uh, there's probably two broad categories. One of them is that the church, the people feel judged by the church or, or they feel like the church doesn't care about the right things or is invested in the mm-hmm. wrong cause. Yeah. Um, when in fact, if you read, especially where it can be in the gospel of Luke all year long, um, the, the church, if the, if the church cares about what Jesus cares about, then the church is invested in all the right causes and challenges all the right assumptions and um, is welcoming to everyone in a way that Jesus was. Then we don't always. The church has not always acted like that, and so you you get people who say, oh, "I can't." I mean, you're. Uh, there's a very famous quote by um, might be Gandhi. You're Jesus, I believe in. You're Christians, I do not. Yeah, yeah. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, <clears throat> but it's because it, but in his case, I mean, it, there's a very historical, like, colonial thing going on with him. But um, I mean, I think a lot of people could could paraphrase that. And the the great tragedy of that is they've not given it a shot. <laughs> like you think that that's what the church does. You mm-hmm. think that's what the church doesn't do. When in fact, if you if you are uh, part of the local congregation, you'll realize actually there's a whole bunch of really good people that care in the right things and are very welcoming of you. Mm-hmm. You just got to try. So we're back to why Christmas Eve needs to be amazing. <laughs> now we don't have an orchestra and all these wonderful songs and stuff every year, every week. But, um, the, the sense of belonging, the sense of grace, the sense of love, the sense of possibility and optimism that you're feeling right now, that actually is what the church most for the most part is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, why wouldn't you want to align yourself with that? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, um, people, you know, we put, we put a lot into Christmas Eve and, I know some people maybe walk away and say, man, I wish it was like that every Sunday. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, me too. <laughs> but, but, but I'm like, but you have to understand, like, we still put, there's still as much care into the sermon. There's still as much care as picking the music to like have the theology. Like, I just want to tell people like, we're really trying to convey that same message. Like we're trying to be consistent. Um, and we want you to feel that, that that holiness, that sacredness, like every week, mm-hmm. like we really are trying, we know we're not perfect, but like, it's there. And there's, but it's a, there. there's, there's a chance that if you're not, if you don't experience it, maybe you're not listening. Mm. Well, and there's something to be said for setting space aside for things too, right? It's a very American thing to be like, I want this all the time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I would like the top of your resources all the time, but you can't have your anniversary every weekend. Yeah, right. Exactly. You can't have your birthday every week. Sometimes there are some two-year-olds who do think that their birthday is every week. Right. Um, but you have to make things special, too. So. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and doesn't that make, like, mundane is not a 
pejorative. Mm-mm. It's just everyday life. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the people that you're sharing life with, you actually get to have this big celebration with, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, that's that's not every week is vacation week. Mm-hmm. Vacation week's amazing, but my God, you'd get bored of it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I might, I might could hear, "Oh, come on, you faithful!" Every week, most people could not, <laughs> right? Polar Express. Does the main character have a name? He does not. Okay. He's called Hero Boy in the movie. Okay. And that's, that's, was, that's intentional. I okay. never realized that. I was looking through. His sister has a name. Yeah, that's why I was like, oh, his sister has a name. He must have a name. And I was like, oh, I don't think he does. He does not have a name. That's so interesting. Okay. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. Because he's us. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's you. He's me. So he gets to go to the North Pole. He gets this souvenir of a bell. So he, I mean, he has every reason to believe because he sees it with his own eyes. But he doesn't at first. Right. He doesn't at first. And then you've got. And he wrestles. He and he does. wants to. He really wants to. Yeah. But there's that skepticism is so strong. And then you've got the people. But, and the skepticism stays strong until he makes the choice to believe. Yes. I mean, that is massive. Like, that is faith. Mm-hmm. That is what it means to be faithful. No one can prove the resurrection to you or to me. Right. No one can prove the empty tomb. Nobody can prove anything about the Christian uh, um, story or our faith commitments. You just have, you just have to believe it. Mm-hmm. We'll get some, we'll get confirmation someday. We'll go to heaven. I believe that. But it's. The story is so good. I know the animation is a little weird. <laughs> I know it's. I know it's weird. Yeah. But he there. It's a very specific moment. It's so powerful in the movie, where he 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 is holding the bell and he still can't hear it. Mm-hmm. And all of this activity is going on all around him, and he still. It's it's like um, it's like Wesley's Aldergate Aldersgate experience, until he. Like there is a turning point moment in his life after which everything's different. Mm-hmm. And the way the, the way the film um, conveys it is like, it's, it's the, what they do with the audio there is so powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, it, it's not until the third time he says, I believe and there's a whole, I mean, I can read a Trinitarian thing into that, mm-hmm. that he actually hears it. It's, it's just so good. Yeah. And I think that's what we try to convey to people is like, <laughs> I mean, it's faith. Like you see things, you feel things. And it's like, you just have to take that, like that leap and that risk to say like, I believe, even if you're like, this doesn't make sense to me what's what's happening or what's in front of me, but I'm going to choose it anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You're telling me God was born to a poor unwed mother in this nothing of religious minority in some far edge of the Roman empire. That's the way God chose. Mm -hmm. And you're telling me that he spent his entire life telling his followers how to live and they still killed him. And his fundamental message was about love. That makes any kind of sense. And then you're telling me, that God raised him from the dead. Isn't he God? And yet he's dead. And then God raises him. 
and he's one and he's three and there's judgment and there's grace. Like what? No, nothing that you're saying makes any kind of logical sense. And well, you just have to say, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yes. That's what I'm asking you to believe. Mm-hmm. And this might be your crucial year. And, and the moment you believe will change your life. That's what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. It'll change the trajectory of your life. It'll change the way you experience life. Yeah. I'm telling you all of that. And I can't prove it to you, but I can tell you from my own experience is true. Uh, it's, I just love Christmas Eve so much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can tell. I I remember because um, we walked out, uh, we walked out, you did the benediction, and then Joy of the World was afterwards. And, like, you were at the back. <laughs> and I told you this. I was like, I wish I had my phone. I'd take your picture because, like, it was just the back of you. But, like, I could tell that you were, like, smiling, like, <laughs> excited, even from the back. <laughs> like, just seeing everyone sing. And it was just like a little kid staying in front of like a Christmas tree. It was, it was... Well, well, can we talk about the, um, like there was a moment before the benediction, I had to compose myself mm-hmm. because we, so the lights are out and it's like this, you know, in a, in a church that's been, let's face it, largely empty for mm-hmm. two years. Um, there's just shoulder to shoulder candles. <clears throat> and I, I don't remember exactly what I said in the benediction, but It was something about how, man, we've all been through a lot the past couple of years, <laughs> but here's God's answer to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all of these lights shining in the darkness. That's our job now mm-hmm. is to, to bear that light, to, to be that light for the world. That's what incarnational theology means. Um, and I, what I wanted to say was if God has a plan, because <laughs> I really am dismissive of that, that kind of language. But I think what I said was, that's God's plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, look around. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what it's all about. Yeah. It's, it's just, like, the metaphors on Christmas Eve are so, uh, it's not that they're sentimental, it's that they're powerful. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was very cathartic. Everybody in my pew was crying. I think that's how lots of people felt, huh. is that it was something that you hadn't felt in a little while. Uh-huh. That was really good. It was. All it was. the way up in the cheap seats. <laughs> <laughs> well, the view had to have been amazing. It was so good. Well, because part of my job, I'm always like, I got to get a picture of this. Mm-hmm. I got to get a video. I got to do this. And so I'm looking through my phone for half of it. And then at one point, I just took my phone down and I just put it away. <laughs> and I was like, nope, I need to be right here for this. Mm-hmm. It was one of those moments where I was like, no, I can't miss this. Yep. I got a picture, yep. but I can't really miss it. I don't want to see mm-hmm. it through a screen. It was really special. It was. It really was. I mean, it really was. It was. Um, it was our theology at its best. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked um, your circle back to how this could be a crucial year for some people, mm-hmm. and I think it was such a good way of giving this invitation without being like. All right, if you believe, come up front. You know, like <laughs> we're gonna we'll play Silent Night until you come up. <laughs> right, just keep doing. How many verses I got? Let's keep going. Now play first. What what did we sing on Sunday that had like six verses? First Noel. Oh, the first Noel. I was like, oh, I don't know that. I do love that song though. You do? I do. I think that may be my least favorite Christmas carol. <laughs> I think no, that's relative. I mean, yeah. I love all Christmas carols. 
Um, I just love when it gets really long and you're singing and you know the tune, but then all of a sudden it's like, and the grocery store was, uh, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> what is, I've never heard this, this before. Is, this is, this is really the first. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like you gave an invitation of like, not, not beating them over the head, but there's a sense of urgency, mm-hmm. but also this like, I don't know, this graceful comfort, I don't know, just like this could be it, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. It was just really put a nice bow on it. Yeah, thank you. You really invited people to take stock. Like the com- mm-hmm. the conversations that you're having with yourself that you're not really acknowledging, mm-hmm. you invited them to acknowledge mm-hmm. it rather than just essentially what I felt like was like instead of passing the on-ramp to the highway because you're driving your usual road mm-hmm. to take the on-ramp, that's what it kind of felt like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I work at church and it made me think, <laughs> which is always when I know it's really, it really, yeah. the Holy Spirit was there. Yeah. For sure. And I kind of got out of it. I mean, the last couple of years being, uh, it's been hard at moments to see the good mm-hmm. or believe that God is good. Mm-hmm. And it was this, almost this thing again, like believe that God is, mm-hmm. believe, like take that chance. Mm-hmm. Like I know you have a million reasons to see why things you talked about divisions and is all that, but what about this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just, it was such a good night. Mm-hmm. It was. Okay. That's all I have. Anything else you want to say, Chris? Well, <laughs> um, yeah, <clears throat> I don't think so. I, it was, it was just, it was, um, like you said, I've done, a few Christmas Eve sermons now. And I mean, I, I feel, I feel the same way about them all that like there's, there's going to be people in the room that just, man, mm-hmm. just give, give God a chance. <laughs> yeah. You may not be inclined to, but you really should because it really will change your life. But this particular moment at the end of this particular period of time, you know, the season of our lives, um, it was just particularly poignant and um it just made me grateful to be at a at a church like this where we could do that kind of service really well. Not every church has the obviously has the resources that we have and uh, Jason's team was phenomenal of course and um and it's it, it continued this thing that's happened for the past really since Easter where every Sunday or every week somebody's coming up and saying it's the first time they've been back in person, they really wanted to be back in person and um, uh, you know, in that sense, I hope it's a unique moment, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, but I, I'm just, I'm grateful for the story. I'm grateful for the ways that we celebrate it. And, um, it was, uh, it was good. It was good to be the church. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. So 2022, mm-hmm. what are we doing next? This weekend is baptism of the Lord. Yep. We're not going to do the thing where you come forward and everybody plays in the same water because, mm-hmm. you know, COVID. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but we are going to talk about the baptism of the Lord. And then we're going to get into uh, the week after that, mm-hmm. a, a series we'll talk more about, I'm sure, next week to mm-hmm. tease it. But it's going to be on troubling Bible passages. Mm-hmm. What do we call it? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, exactly. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, what? You didn't mishear that. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> You so we'll have some <laughs> see have who some says it right. <laughs> yeah. And 
but it'll be that's an important one because that's mm-hmm. you know all the questions that we have about faith um, are not to be minimized even if we choose to believe so uh, anyway appreciate you guys hope you had a wonderful wonderful holiday season and are ready for an amazing 2022 and we'll be back next week with another episode of off script god bless thanks for joining us for this episode off script it was hosted by reverend chris dowd produced by ashley danner as a part of the christ united podcast ministries you can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available Like, subscribe, and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week.